0: Just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey friends, how are you? I'm coming to you live from the bedroom of my mom's house, which means you will most definitely hear a dog barking at one point. Um, I texted my mom and told her I was recording, so let's hope she doesn't come home and scream hi Liz on the top of her lungs, but you know, no guarantee there. I have the fan on the lowest setting because it's about 900 degrees out. I'm so fucking over summer. Catch me on this podcast in five months crying about how I hate winter and I should have never moved back from Florida. But you know, I'm living my truth right now. So this week I have a very special episode for you. It was part two of the reunion, which means Team Mom Two is now over. I watched the reunion. Okay, here are my main thoughts. What the fuck? Oh, oh. Oh, first of all, today, Wednesday, August 29th, is Chelsea's birthday. And also, she had her baby today, baby Lane, but spelled L-A-Y-N-E. Not sure why the Y, but, you know, it's Chelsea. Uh, Lane Eddie, E-T-T-I-E, DeBoer. So, Mazel Tov to the DeBoer family. Lane, I like the name Lane. I think it's a nice name. I don't like the Y and Eddie, Sounds like I'm, in my head when I say Eddie, I hear, like, myself doing a bad Cockney accent on the word Hetty. Um, the word, the name Hetty. So that's not great. But it's fine. Lane is way better than it could have been. So, Mazel to the whole DeBoer family. So happy for you. Anyway, back to T-Mom 2 reunion. I'm gonna have a special guest recapper for the Janelle segment. But my overall thoughts are Chelsea's, okay, somebody on Reddit pointed this out. Chelsea must have been wearing a foundation with olive undertones because that bitch looked green. Did you guys notice this? I'm, I was watching her and I was like, she doesn't just look like her normal orange, like something looks off. And she looked green. She looked terrible. <laughs> like her, the skin color was, it was insane. It was actually insane. Leah could not care less about her segment. Kale and Javi, I mean, I I guess, I guess, we got confirmation that Lauren, his new baby mom, is the girl that was willing to move to Delaware. Okay. Kale's standards for ha- meeting a guy. She wants him to be over 26. Is that the age she said? To have a job, to have his own car, and maybe to be over six foot. That's how low the bar is in Kale's world. I mean, God bless her. God bless her. But yeah, it was a boring episode. And then we saw Janelle. And I asked my dear, dear friend, Saad, who has been on this podcast before in voice notes. I've, we met in the Jezebel comment section. I swear to God, I'm such a fucking internet nerd. I met her in the Jezebel comment sections. Then we started talking on Twitter somehow. I'm sure she was like, follow me on Twitter. And so I did. Then we became friends uh, on Twitter. And then we met in Chicago. And I'm going to finally bring her on to the show uh, when OG comes back on. But I asked her to record a voice note about the Janelle segment. Because she really hates Janelle. And as you guys know, like I... Have moved past, like super past my Janelle hate, but this segment was just so crazy. And so let's hear it from Sod. She did a pretty detailed recap. I think it's actually amazing. And it's really fun to have somebody come in and do like a detailed recap of Janelle. And everything she says is so spot on. And I just love it. So I'm just going to play it at its, in its entirety. I highly suggest you guys follow Sod on Twitter. She's so funny. She's brilliant. She's beautiful. I just love her, and the stuff that she posts, her food stuff that she cooks is incredible. So let's hear about Janelle's segment from Sod.
1: Hey guys, this is Saad, um, also known as Sod Burger. You might have seen me around the internet here and there. I just want to quickly recap Janelle's portion of the reunion. As you guys know, Teen Mom Teen Reunions pretty much suck. They're boring. Not a whole lot happens, but... Janelle's portion of this reunion was, to me, batshit crazy. Um, everything she had to say was insane. There is a whole lot to unpack, so um, let's just get right into it. I don't know where this was filmed. Janelle, I think, refused to go to New York City, so Dr. Drew came down to North Carolina. Um, Janelle is alone, Because she won't travel to New York City without David. So they came to North Carolina. But obviously David won't be filmed. So Janelle's by herself. Because David is, in her own words, her security blanket. And she touches on this again later. Where she says that she just doesn't feel safe without David. And therefore she needs a gun on her at all times when she's without him. Um, Little tidbit about me. I fucking hate guns. I hate everything about guns. I would not be disappointed if all of the guns in the United States were gathered up and melted down. Um, I don't think anybody really needs one. So I take a hard stance on this and um, that's just a little bit of information about me. Anyways, let's go back to Janelle's comments on the reunion. Um, The very first thing I want to talk about is when Janelle says, in response to Dr. Drew asking about David's comments about the LGBT community and David's obviously hateful rant that he went on on Twitter, Dr. Dr. Drew says something to Janelle and she says, he just doesn't want his kids to grow up and be that way, that way being gay. Um, Janelle continues and says, just like if you don't want your kid to grow up and be a doctor, uh, I don't want you to be a doctor. I want you to be in the military. Well, uh, some dads are just like that. There is so much wrong with what she just said. Um, the first thing that's wrong with it, obviously, is claiming that being gay is a choice. People choose to go to medical school. People choose to become a doctor. Personally, I think it's a very noble profession, and I think it's awesome if people choose to become a doctor. Being gay is not a choice. I don't know how many times we have to say it before these idiots get it drilled into their brain that being gay is not a choice. So... Right off the bat, I'm on edge because Janelle just said that being gay is a choice and people choose to be gay just like they choose their fucking college major. In addition to claiming that being gay is a choice, she's also implying that it's a bad choice. Um, I think we can all agree that being gay is just part of who you are. I don't really care. Teach their own. Um, I don't know why... Janelle cares so much about it, but I think we all know it's because David cares so much about it. So, right off the bat, she claimed that being gay is a choice, and she implied that it's a bad choice. I really want to touch on the fact that she said, just like if you don't want your kid to grow up and be a doctor. And I think she picked a doctor, the specific example of, you don't want your kid to be a doctor... For a very specific reason. Because Janelle and David and everyone down in the backwoods in her area and her little NRA Trumpian universe that she has gotten into has decided that being smart and getting educated is a bad thing. I am so tired of this mentality. Janelle and David and anyone who thinks that getting educated Education is a bad thing. It's just afraid. They're afraid and they're insecure because they know they can't do it. And They're scared that people are going to be smarter than them or figure it out. They're scared that Jace is going to go to college and suddenly see how awful everything is on the land and move away from it. It is so upsetting that people have equated knowledge and higher education with being a bad thing the i don't know I'm, I'm getting off tangent here but let truly believe in education education is what is going to keep this country moving forward and people saying things like i'm anti being a doctor or i'm anti-going to college. is so sad. Let's make college affordable for everybody so that everybody can have an opportunity to go and better themselves and learn and get outside their bubble. Anyways, okay, so we're back to um, Janelle's comments. Not only did she say, I don't want you to be a doctor, she then says, I want you to be in the military. And to me, I can read between the lines, and that seems like this toxic hyper masculinity that like being in the army is the most noble profession there is which don't get me wrong being in the army is very noble I respect our troops I'm 100% am behind them and support it but I just I just know her line of thinking in this was I'd rather my son be this manly army man toting machine gun and out there killing people than fucking saving lives as being a doctor it's crazy to me it's crazy to me that people have this line of thinking also let's not forget the fact that you can be in the military and be a doctor and be gay none of these things are mutually exclusive but in Janelle's mind obviously they are so, anyway, she goes on, and she accuses she excuses his comments for being, quote-unquote, the way he was raised. Um, Janelle then adds that her husband doesn't talk like that around their kids, and she says, his kids didn't hear him say that. Um, you know, last week on the Feathers in My Hair episode, I think it was Geneva was the guest host with Liz, and they talked about how um, they probably don't talk about politics around the dinner table And I believe that. I don't think that Janelle and David are sitting around talking politics all the time. Um, But I do think that subconsciously or even passive-aggressively, they probably do make comments about, like, sissy boys and things that they don't consider manly and heterosexual. And, you know, that rubs off on kids. And even if you're not flat out saying at the dinner table, I hate gay people, you're still... They're still picking up on it. And it's still awful. And they're raising like five kids. It's, it's awful. Uh, then Janelle says really classic Janelle line. Um, let, me, let me read it to you exactly. His kids didn't hear him say that. He typed it. He doesn't run around the house saying, I hate gay people. Oh, Janelle. Of course. Of course, you would say he didn't actually say that he only typed it as if like typing it makes it so much better. And the fact that he didn't say it out loud is somehow a redeeming quality and typing it has less meaning than saying it out loud. I don't know what she was going for that. Um, I know Liz found that to be really funny and I agree. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's semantics. And it reminded me of this god awful thing that um, Jim Bob said. So I don't know how many of you guys are Teen Mom or crossover fans, but I am. And I, um, when like all the Josh stuff came to light and it was found out that he had molested his sisters and just like really awful shit. Um, Jim Bob, Jessa, and Jill went on ABC 2020 and they gave their remarks about it and they are so stupid. Everybody everybody on TV is so stupid but Jim Bob especially is so stupid and he went on 2020 and he's trying to defend Josh and he's like, no, no, no. no. Josh isn't a pedophile because to be a pedophile you have to be over 16. He was under 16 so he wasn't a pedophile. He was a molester. As if like, Somehow that makes a difference and that makes the whole situation better. It's all awful. Molester, pedophile saying it, typing it. It's it's pretty much all awful and there's nothing you can say um, that will make me change my mind. Also, the fact that Janelle says he didn't say it, he typed it. As if like Jace and Marissa, who are what, 9 and 12, 13 years old, Uh, They can read. Their classmates can read. They're seeing this. They're hearing about it. They're reading about it. They're not isolated in some bubble away from Twitter where they don't get any of this information. They know. They saw it. They can read it. I know I'm making a little bit of a a leap here, assuming that all of Janelle's children can read, but I would hope that since they go to school a lot, they can read. (sighs) Then Janelle goes on and she's like, you know, uh, oh, let me read it exactly verbatim because it's just so stupid. She says, he said he was sorry and he still hasn't been on Twitter. He could still go online right now and rant all he wants, but he still doesn't. First off, she uses the word still like three or four times in that sentence. Um, I'd like to know if Janelle knows how to speak English. Like, seriously, does she understand the basics of the English language? Because I don't think so. I think she's gotten dumber. I think back in the day, she sounded a little bit smarter than she does now. Anyways, uh, so Janelle's point here is since David got fired, he is allowed, I guess he's allowed to go on Twitter and make homophobic rants as much as he wants because what backlash is he going to get? He doesn't have a job. But the fact that he doesn't do that is a very redeeming quality in Janelle's mind. Again, Janelle thinks the past, like when things are in your past, it's like 20 minutes ago. If Janelle, this is uh, verbatim what Liz said, Janelle tweets something at 10 a.m. and by 11 a.m. She's like, why are you guys asking me about this? It's in my past. So David tweets homophobic shit you know, a couple months ago, and all of a sudden, now that he's been quiet on Twitter for, you know, a month, we're all supposed to forget the fact that he's a homophobic asshole and made all those awful comments, and we're supposed to forgive him because that's in the past, that was a month ago, why are we still holding on to this, jeez. Uh, Today, I read a lot about Louis C.K. and how he should be redeemed and whatnot, and you know what, guys, we need a little bit more time. Just, just stay, just shut up for a little bit more time and then maybe we can forgive you. But also, you need to show remorse. You need to show rehabilitation. It's not just like, I didn't say anything stupid for two months. So why haven't you guys forgotten about all the stupid shit I said? It's more than that. Um, Again, Janelle says, I don't feel safe without David, so that's why I carry a gun. Janelle with a gun is the most terrifying thing I've ever thought of. Um, Janelle Evans Eason is the reason why we need stronger gun control in this country. Janelle has been arrested, what, 13, 14, 16 times Um, She's proven she has documented mental illnesses. She has proven time and time and time again on television that she has no impulse control. And yet, she's allowed legally to own a gun because we don't have any real reasons to convict her to not own a gun. And that's fucking scary. It is terrifying that Janelle is allowed to have a gun. And you know what? We saw it. We saw why it's terrifying that Janelle has a gun because she followed some random guy to his house during a road rage incident and endangered six people, including her own kid. So let's get to that. So Janelle touches on the road rage incident a little bit. And she says um, she says she has PTSD. She has post-traumatic stress disorder from the incident and she hasn't she didn't leave her house for two weeks after the incident went down i don't feel bad for janelle at all um did the other guy start some of this yeah sure he was a dick driver but janelle escalated it every chance she could janelle was the instigator janelle was the one who followed him to his house janelle was the one who initially pulled out the gun I don't feel bad for her. And for her to claim PTSD, which is a serious thing, is just once again proving how she is always the victim. She never does anything wrong. She never owns up to anything she does wrong. And she's never at fault. It is so frustrating as a viewer to watch this shit. Because... She never once says, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have followed him to his house. Yeah, maybe pulling out a gun was a bad idea. Never. She never talks about it. She just keeps doubling down. Like, she's the victim. She's the one that was traumatized. She's the one who couldn't leave her house after this. Which, like, give me a break. That's Janelle's fucking dream is to not leave the house for two weeks. She was loving that. Oh, sorry. I can't take Ansley to daycare. I gotta sit at my house because I'm too stressed out because of that incident that I caused for myself. So yeah, I'm not interested in hearing Janelle's sob story about her PTSD, about her self-inflicted issues. Then she talks about um, when she straight up lied to Jace and told Jace to lie for her. That she told when Jace was recounting the story to babs She was like, No, I didn't. I need pull out a gun on somebody. Why are you saying that? Um apparently Janelle's excuse for this was that she didn't want to get arrested for something stupid. So she wanted Jace to lie because she was scared that she would get in trouble. You know, maybe this is like the only moment of self awareness Janelle has ever had that she realized that she should get in trouble for what she did. But like Pulling a gun on somebody is not a stupid reason to get arrested. It is fully justified that Janelle should have gotten in trouble by the law for pulling a gun on somebody at that time. Janelle should have gotten arrested for a million things in that scenario. She says, I was really desperate at the time. And when he said, Oh, yeah, mom, he pulled out a gun, I was like, No, I didn't. Why did you say that? Because I don't want to get arrested for something stupid, she explained. <sighs> Janelle, you're an idiot. You did something wrong. Own up to it. Don't make your nine-year-old or eight-year-old cover for you. You are such an asshole. It's unbelievable. She then says, like, oh, I Definitely went back and explained my reasoning to Jace after the fact and he understood and we went to therapy and all this bullshit. You know, I don't believe it, you know. Maybe you did explain it, but I doubt it went through and it was just an asshole thing to do. Everything you did was terrible. I think that Dr. Drew was trying to tell her that everything she was saying was ridiculous, but... You know, you're arguing with a literal brick wall. Like you Janelle is dumber than a brick wall. So there's only so many things you can say to her before you just have to give up because you you can't you can't reason with somebody who is that stupid. Um I think that might have been it for what I wanted to recap you guys on. Uh, Babs did come on. She's like, oh, I'm scared for Janelle. and scared about David. I don't really know what to believe on this. I do think that Babs is concerned, but obviously we know she's not really that concerned because she's not really taking the proper precautions to keep Kaiser away from that situation. Also, now Janelle claims that they're all best friends. So, you know, I don't really know what's going on. Um, but... You should watch the reunion if you're interested in hearing Janelle lie through her teeth, be delusional, be completely self-unaware, and just be her regular self. So anyways, this has been um, Saad's recap of Janelle's portion of the Teen Mom 2 reunion. You can find me on Twitter. Sometimes I have some decent Teen Mom 2 tweets at Saad Burger. You can also find me on Instagram at Saad Burger. And more importantly, you can find my cooking Instagram at Saad Burger Cooks. And I make some good food, and you should like my pics. Thanks, guys.
0: Oh, that was so good. Thank you so much, Sod. Like I said, everyone go follow her on Twitter. Okay, now for the fun stuff. We are going to recap Season 5, Episode 6 of Teen Mom 2. If you are looking for it on Amazon, that is... Uh, Volume 9 or iTunes, I think, does it like that too. And this episode is fucking incredible. It is better known as the abortions leftover episode. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is the one where Janelle gets a positive pregnancy test and it turns out it was just her hormones leftover. Leftover. I don't know if that's the right word. I'm speaking Janelle now from when she got an abortion with Cortland. And I'm going to go into that just right after a five-second break. So, on these recap episodes, I do like to share what happened on the previously on. And this week, it said that Kale had just moved to Delaware without telling anybody, the anybody being Jill. Adam is having a baby. Chelsea just turned 22. And Leah is really struggling with Jeremy working away. And Nate and Janelle are planning on a baby. So who do I want to start with? I want to start with Chelsea. Okay, so the first thing that I noticed with Chelsea is that she had really started to look like the Chelsea we know now. She has her red hair that I'm so tired of. She lost the weight. She's starting maybe to get, like, a little Botox or fillers or fillers in her face. Like, whatever she's doing now. You, she really looks like the Chelsea that we know and tolerate these days. So, it's Aubrey's fourth birthday. And they're having a little celebration at school. And it's so cute because Aubrey's wearing, like, a birthday crown. And she says, I'm a princess. Okay, first of all, four-year-old Aubie, Aubie. Aubrey is just, like, the peak cuteness she's so cute she has fully developed her raspy voice oh she's just so cute um chelsea grace comes over after this and okay i did not realize that this was in this episode we get chelsea's most i would say iconic line of teen mom too because for me this showed who chelsea really was and in my opinion like she'll never be able to live this down this is her true thoughts and feelings, and I personally don't think this has ever changed. Um, I think now she tolerates Taylor because Taylor is an ally to her, but I think she still absolutely feels this way. So Chelsea Grace comes over, and they're talking about what's going on with Adam. The baby was born. Chelsea admits, like, she creeped all over Instagram looking at the baby pictures, and Chelsea said she just felt, like, so shitty that the baby was born. And she's like, you know, I wanted us to be a family, but now he has, like, this other baby. (laughs) And Chelsea says this line that they're flirty, hate each other, then banging. Which is just so gross. And guys, remember, like, this is Aubrey's fourth birthday. Aubrey just turned, what, she just had her birthday, and she just turned eight, I think? Eight or nine. Uh, You know, and she already has two other kids by Cole, so she was sleeping with Adam (laughs) At least till Aubrey's fourth birthday. Probably towards Aubrey's fifth birthday. I think it's next season when we see Cole on camera. So she meets Cole, like, not long after uh, what we're watching. But, yeah, she's still sleeping with Adam. And she says they have all of these issues that whenever they're together. Like, they basically just end up hooking up. And Chelsea just wants them to be, like, normal co-parents. But that's just not how ever it's going to be. So Chelsea Grace says, like... <laughs> well, you know, does Aubrey know the baby was born? And asking, like, what Chelsea is going to say to Aubrey. And Chelsea says (laughs) that she doesn't want to have, she doesn't want Aubrey to have all of these half-siblings all over the place, which, I mean, I guess is fair enough. Um, As we all know, Adam did have a vasectomy after this, which I don't even know, like, how he, how it's possible that Adam made such a good decision. It's so out of character for him, but it was literally the best decision that he could ever make in his entire life. So luckily there won't be half siblings all over the place. She said when she has babies, it's going to be to her husband and uh, Aubrey will know like what a family looks like. Chelsea is really like obsessed with families. It's very weird don't really understand like her fucking obsession over like a nuclear family. I mean I do because she's like obsessed with showing other people how perfect she is but it it's not great and it's not healthy and Chelsea I think would be a much better person if she could lose some of that like family I ideation is that the word for it just like her obsession over perfect family. I mean, like I've said a million times, hats off to her. She's met Cole. Things are great. But, God, the re- she just kept fucking Adam for so long and is so lucky that she didn't get pregnant by him again. All over this idea of, like, a family. So, Chelsea Grace asks if she's going to tell Aubrey that it's her sister. And Chelsea says, basically, she says... I don't know. I want to say it's, like, your half-sister. And, like, you know, it comes from your dad, so, like, it doesn't count. Yikes. I, (laughs) to say that on camera is so fucking wild. Chelsea in 2018 would never say that on camera. Never. But, like, oh, okay, I know I wasn't going to say anything else from the reunion, but I did want to point out when Chelsea when Dr. Drew asked Chelsea like what Adam's parents said that were so mean to her, she's like, they just told me to grow up. Like in that awful baby voice. And I'm like, oh God. Literally grow up, Chelsea. Anyway, Chelsea's saying that Aubrey doesn't count is it's so beyond fucked up. Now, here's the thing. Do I think it's like insane that she thought that? No, I think that a lot of single moms who have shitty baby dads who are getting random, as I mean, Taylor wasn't random, they were in a relationship, but are getting women pregnant. Like, I can understand that instinct to think, like, oh, well, those siblings don't count because, like, they're not for me, and me and Aubrey are what matters. But Chelsea's saying that out loud, not just, like, thinking it. Because, like, like I said, I just, I don't think I can fault anyone for having that, like, initial reaction. But Chelsea's saying that out loud on fucking camera. Mm. Mm, mm. It's not great. <laughs> and, I mean, I believe she thinks it to this day. I really do. I don't... I think that she would just love if Taylor and Paisley disappeared. Now, it's not as huge of a deal to her because they don't have to really do anything. And she knows Aubrey prefers her siblings that she gets to see every day. But I don't know. It's just so shitty. It's just so shitty because that's like a a child. And it's somebody that Aubrey loves. Ugh. Ugh. Chelsea is just so fucking jealous in this scene. And it's such a not good look. And here's the thing. I think it's very interesting to watch season five when it comes to Chelsea. Because this is right before when she meets Cole. It's four years ago. And not... I, I know we say like, oh, she's changed so much. But like, really? She hasn't. If you watch this episode and watch more episodes from this season like I think you guys will see like how little Chelsea has actually changed she just like happened to meet a guy that was better than Adam and so she could focus like all of that energy that she focused into Adam on Cole and like thank God I mean thank God that she found a guy that loves her back just as much if not more than she loves him as opposed to Adam who just like fucking hated Chelsea (laughs) Adam hated Chelsea. We can all acknowledge that, right? Like, he never liked Chelsea. At least never from since 16 and pregnant. Never from us seeing them on TV. So, I I wonder if Adam's even capable of love. He's such a lunatic. But Chelsea, okay, so when you watch her in season one, her hair's so different. She weighs so much more. uh, Her mannerisms are different. But, so you're like, oh, Chelsea's grown so much. when you watch these, like, end stage Adam episodes, it's kind of striking how little she's actually changed. She just now, like, only talks about Cole. (laughs) And I don't, I just really, I suggest you guys watch these episodes and be like, huh maybe chelsea isn't actually that different i think chelsea really lucked out finding cole i think she got extremely not that she doesn't deserve cole because i think she actually absolutely does deserve cole i'm just saying like i'm not sure how much actual personal growth chelsea has made she just like happened to get into a new relationship which she was able to like forget her shitty ex-boyfriend So, it's Aubrey's actual birthday and, uh, it's not the day of the party, but her friends come over to help her with party decorations and Adam comes over and watching them interact is like, it's so weird. Okay, first of all, this made me really sad. Um, it made me really, really sad to watch Adam come over because, you know, there's no, there's no Adam stopping by anymore and- There's no Adam even contacting Aubrey on her birthday. So that is sad and depressing. But watching Chelsea, like, fawn over Adam and she's like, isn't it crazy that we had this baby four years ago? We made the cutest baby. Like, watching Chelsea do that with Adam is so sad and pathetic. Um, Adam gets Aubrey a gift, and it's a gift that she already has. And Aubrey goes, I have this. And then Chelsea goes, we already have that. But, like, it's a Barbie and she has different hair. And it's like, I don't know. Did she need to point that out? And you're thinking, like, wow. Okay, first of all, they're definitely flirting, Chelsea and Adam. Second of all, wow, like, Adam is being really nice and sincere. And then at the end, he's like, Aubrey, do you want to come to my house? Even though she's not going to his house. She's going to his house for the weekend. Her birthday party is at Chelsea's tomorrow. Like, of course, of course, she's not going over to Adam's house. And Aubrey's like, because Aubrey's four. She's like, yeah. And Chelsea's like, Adam, stop. Like, she's not going to your house. Her party's here tomorrow. And he's like, but she wants to come to my house. Don't you want to come to my house? Oh, God. Adam is such a dickhead. He's such a dickhead. Oh. And then we get Aubrey's birthday party. Aubrey has a bouncy house um her friend is like did Adam even come back or like say anything to you today and she's like no Ugh, he came over yesterday and I'm like wait why is Chelsea mad that Adam's not at the birthday party that he's clearly not invited to Andy came by on her actual birthday <laughs> oh man oh man oh man so that is, oh, one cute thing I did notice is that there was like a banner hanging up that says happy birthday, and Aubrey points to, to her cousin uh, Braylee, I think her name is, or Brentley. I don't know. Her cousin has an awful name. But in case you guys didn't know, Aubrey has, Aubrey, Chelsea has three older sisters, and one of them is pretty close in age to her. I think she's three years older than Chelsea. We talked about this last week uh, when Geneva was on, on the sixteen Pregnant episode, but uh, so Chelsea's older sister had a baby like right around when Aubrey was born. They're within a year. I think maybe like six months. They're very, very close in age. So that's who was like crying and she was getting jealous about the presents. And I think the cousins do a lot of stuff together. So Aubrey is showing the banner to, I want to call her Bray Tay Lee, which is the name of like an awful family, YouTube family vlogging channel where the oldest son died. <laughs> Do you, do you guys know about this? There was this YouTube family vlogging channel Bray taylee and that wasn't their real name obviously it was like a mashup of names. and the oldest son, there was like a son and two daughters. The oldest son died and they like literally just kept family vlogging and they still family vlog and the younger two girls are now like hot shots on YouTube and social media they're on like this awful show (laughs) called the chicken girls i don't know don't look it up it's really not worth it but yeah so there was like a famous vlogging family where the kid died he was i think 15 possibly 13 i think 13 he was very young and the family still vlogs because what are they gonna do get jobs no of course not that'd be insane um (laughs) but so aubrey and her cousin bray tay lee are staring at this banner that says happy birthday and aubrey says Do you know what this says? It says, happy birthday, dear Aubrey. (laughs) It's so cute because she can't read. (laughs) Uh, Truly, four-year-old Aubrey is just like the most perfect. She speaks so clearly. She speaks so clearly, which, by the way, and I know I've talked about this on the podcast, like the developmental difference between Aubrey and Jason, I don't know how fair that is, You really see it in this episode. Jace is still very much talking like a baby. Aubrey speaks clear sentences. She's extremely easy to understand. She has conversations. She speaks like... Isn't it shocking that Aubrey doesn't do a baby voice, actually? Now that I'm thinking about it, how did did we as the world get so lucky with Aubrey and her lack of a little baby voice? She speaks like a regular kid. Thank God. But yeah. Her birthday party was very cute, but I just found this first ch- this whole Chelsea segment so fucking good. First of all, I'm on record. Chelsea has not changed that much. Second of all, I just loved, loved, loved uh, the Chelsea saying that Adam's daughter does not count. <laughs> Girl, you're never living that down. Okay, let's go to Janelle because that's what we're all doing here, right? Oh, Janelle, Janelle, Janelle. So the quick opening scene is Barbara and Jace counting, which it's nice to see that. And the voiceover says, Nathan and I, first of all, Janelle's voice sounds so different. It sounds so different. And she's like, Nathan and I have only been together for a couple months, but we decided we want to get pregnant. (laughs) So our dear Tori, Victoria Ryan, is over I mean, RIP Tor- Tori, you know, she's not really dead. She's just like dead to the show and dead to Janelle. Did I talk about this on the podcast that Janelle and Tori aren't friends anymore because, well, Tori stops seeing Janelle's friend anytime Janelle gets a boyfriend because Janelle doesn't need Tori around if she has a boyfriend? And at Janelle's wedding, Tori's boyfriend pulled a knife out. <laughs> there was some sort of altercation and a knife was pulled by Tori's boyfriend and they were escorted off the land. Now if that's not white trash heaven, I don't know what is. Like that's incredible. That's chef kiss perfect. So Tori's over. She has bright pink hair and Janelle takes a pregnancy test and it's positive-ish and Tori's like, so what are you gonna do? They both talk so slowly so slowly janelle's like well i mean i'm gonna have the baby like nate and i already discussed it and last episode tori was actually one of the well not one of the only people but one of the people who called janelle out and was like that's a really bad idea for you to have a baby (laughs) so in this episode tori's like okay you're pregnant like she's not thrilled Janelle is worried that there hasn't been enough time since her abortion for her to have a healthy baby. Now, Saad, who did the recap earlier, texted me and asked if I thought that... (laughs) Oh, God. That if Janelle thought... Well, I don't know if she said, do you think? But she said, I think that Janelle thought that she was worried that her... Like Nate's DNA and Cortland's DNA would get mixed up in her body, <laughs> and yeah I a hundred percent a hundred percent believe that that's what Janelle thought. this is exactly what she said she said, you know she doesn't understand biology and thought there was a way the ba- there was a way the baby could be mixed Cortland and Nathan. <laughs> And you know Janelle was thinking that, that whole episode, right? Like, she was genuinely worried that, like, leftover bits would, like, get mixed up with the new bits. Ugh, which I love. Also, this wasn't a great episode for, like, abortion education because Janelle's like, well, I'm worried that the abortion pill is, like, going to harm the baby. And I'm like, ooh, not great, not great. So... Tori wonders if Nate will be happy, and Janelle's like, yeah, like, I I think he will. And Tori goes, here we go again, right? (laughs) (sighs) Classic. Tori also suggests that Janelle go to get an ultrasound, which tells me that this was, of course, a completely reenacted scene. That I highly, highly doubt that one Tori Ryan would be the person suggesting for Janelle to get the ultrasound. So Janelle says, yeah, I'm going to get an ultrasound. And we find out that that's what she's going to do. So Nathan and Janelle go to breakfast before the ultrasound. (laughs) Janelle says, I'm sorry. She literally says this. I don't know if I have a dead fetus inside of me. (laughs) Or if I'm pregnant with your baby. Oh, my God. I wish I could title this episode just that quote. I don't know if I have a dead fetus inside of me or if I'm pregnant with your baby. Oh god, That's incredible. Oh, I forgot to mention that Tori asked if Nate knew about her abortion. And Janelle's like, yeah, he knows. But as has been discussed on this podcast, that Nate went with her to get the abortion. Like he went with her to the clinic, at least according to Janelle. We all know Janelle lies, so who knows. But on either their first or second date, what's rumored to be their first date, Nate accompanied her to the abortion clinic. Which, I mean, more power to ya. (laughs) Oh, God. This is why Janelle makes this show. Don't tell me anybody else is as sorry as this fucking show. Who else has an abortion leftover pregnancy? Nobody. Nobody. Which Janelle would never have known about the abortion leftovers. (laughs) If. I really want to title this episode abortion leftovers. But I think this episode is getting an ad. Which you would have already heard if it did. I don't know if like the ad company would be thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so the only reason that Janelle even knew that she had the abortion leftovers is because she was purposely trying to get pregnant with Nate she was like concerned am I pregnant am I not taking a pregnancy test if her like if she was on birth control and her and Nate weren't trying to get pregnant she would have never even taken a pregnancy test so Janelle lets Nate know that if her hormone levels are going up, I mean, she's pregnant, and if they're going down, it's the abortion. And Nate says, but your stomach's getting big. (laughs) Janelle's like, I know, it is. (laughs) Oh my god, they're so sick, the two of them. They're so, so, so sick. I just can't with them. So, Nate says that he really wants to have a family because Janelle does is a wonderful mother and they just like want to have a fresh start you know at this point uh just so you guys know nate only had supervised visits with his daughter uh rumored to be because he drove drunk with her in the car now that's never ever been confirmed and i'm not i don't know how much i believe it i think i really believed it at the time but now knowing how like twitter rumors go i'm just i don't know there's definitely never been any proof of it but he absolutely had unsupervised, or he had supervised visits. Actually, at the time, uh, his daughter, whose name I still can't remember if it's Emery or Emerson, let's call her Emery. At the time, Emery lived with his ex-wife's parents, um, and they had full custody with both of them only having supervised visits because apparently there had been a lot of substance abuse issues in their relationship, which, you know, yikes, but... So why not have a baby and make a fresh start? Isn't isn't that what they should be doing? Are you telling me that they that that's not a good idea? I honestly and truly can't find the fault in their log- logic. <laughs> their logic. I'm starting to slur my words like Nate does. By the way, Nate gave like an incredible interview to TMZ about the fact that Janelle is withholding Kaiser from him, and he stumbles over every single word. Now, do I have a place to talk because I stumble over all my words on this podcast? Probably not. But am I judging him for it? Yeah, of course. Because I think I've made it extremely clear that that's what I do. So Janelle says, everyone thinks we're moving too fast, but I think it's a good vibe. (laughs) Oh, incredible. Then we get a scene of Jace and Barbara at her house. And Jace is repeatedly... uh, Repeatedly kicking the screen door and saying the word fuck over and over and over again, and then he locks Barbara out. <laughs> Poor Jace. <laughs> uh, he then says, I won't say potty words anymore. <laughs> Remember when Jace was cursing like nonstop? Kind of loved that storyline. It's kind of a fun storyline. I mean, like, it's not good, but it's like a fun storyline. <laughs> Oh, man. Poor, poor, poor Jace. That kid. So, it's ultrasound time, and we find out, surprise, Janelle isn't pregnant, and Nate says, no biggie. <laughs> uh, Janelle says, like, I'm not really upset because I kind of knew I wasn't pregnant. Like, I really, I really figured that this is what was happening. Her and Nate seemed like, totally nonchalant. I think they both did have, like, a strong suspicion that she wasn't actually pregnant and weren't getting their hopes up. So, Nate says the most disgusting line that if they're going to get pregnant, they're going to have to do a lot of practicing, maybe two or three times a day. Gross. So gross. And she says, you know, I'm not. I'm happy that I'm not pregnant because I'd be really worried about how the abortion pill would have affected it or that it was Cortland's. And I'm like, what? How could it be Cortland's? You aborted that baby. Janelle truly has no clue. I think she genuinely was worried that her abortion didn't take, that she had like a Charlie Kelly abortion survivor situation going on. I, re- I really think that that's what she thought. Uh, she lets us know that she's really glad that she did not have a baby with Cortland because she's like, you know, he's a psychopath and he would be in Jace's life for 18 years. And I'm really glad that that's not the case. And it's like, you know, that is true. And that's a great lesson. But you're saying it to someone who, in less than two years, you will be, like, violently fighting with. ay 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 So, she's not going to go on birth control. And they're really going to try for a baby. Great plan. So, Nate and Janelle go to Barbara's house to tell her. And Janelle goes so we're not pregnant and Barbara goes oh thank god (laughs) and Janelle says we're pretty bummed but like no you weren't and Nate okay I beg you guys to watch closely at Nate in this scene he's like doing this sad puppy dog thing he goes we were picking out names for like three or four hours straight and he's like looking down and his shoulders are hunched over and it's just the funniest thing and Nate is oh god Nate is golden in season five of Teen Mom He is such a charming psychopath. Ugh. Barbara's like, I don't understand. You just had an abortion. Why do you want to get pregnant? And Janelle says, because we're ready. (laughs) Barbara lists all the reasons that she shouldn't have a baby, which is, you don't know if you're going to jail. (laughs) You just had an abortion with Cortland and you still don't have Jace back. And Janelle goes... Uh, but Jace wants a brother or sister. (laughs) Barbara's like, he's four. (laughs) Oh, God. And then we're reminded that Janelle's only 21, which is crazy. That's crazy. I can't believe she was only 21 when she got with Nate. God, I just forget how young they are. And so Barbara's like, you're finally getting your life together. You're getting a little more stable. Like, don't get pregnant. And by the way, like, major LOL at us, us as in, like, the audience and, like, the people on this TV show, Barbara included, saying Janelle's life is stable now because she's still, like, having abortion leftovers. Um, So that means she's been apart from Cortland for one month at this point, possibly two months. And now her life is stable. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh. This was just, like, an incredible episode for Janelle. I just want to, honestly, I should just re like, repurpose this podcast and go through every single episode and just recap Janelle's segments. <laughs> just Janelle's segments. I'll call it Just Janelle. <laughs> and go through the whole series. Wouldn't that be incredible? Oh, that would be so good. Janelle. I mean, she's a crowd pleaser, what can I say? She's a fucking lunatic, but she's a crowd pleaser for me. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussions.